medicine, it is a tool to access the depth, a deeper sense of self, a deeper connection to the universe, to mother nature, to God, to divinity. Hello and welcome to the Live Young podcast. I'm Olivia Young, your host, and I'm super excited to be with you today to talk about plant medicine. <sighs> I've spoken at length about plant medicine and the effects it's had on my life, but I wanted to go into further detail because recently I shared that I um, am a sexual assault survivor and that I had no recollection of the numerous, countless assaults from my past until I was prompted to sort of look into my subconscious. And I, I know this to be true, that our brain blocks out what we can't handle. And so my brain was protecting me from these really painful memories until I was ready to answer the call. When it comes to plant medicine, they say that when you are called, you answer. If you are called, you answer the call. There's so much noise in the space about psychedelics, about ayahuasca, and I am here to tell you firsthand that these are molecules and substances that I believe need to be revered. They are so much smarter than us. They have their own consciousness. And um, when you play with these tools, you can get hurt. So notice that I call them tools, not toys. There are so many different plant medicine varietals, psychedelics. Um, they are can be used in medicinal settings, in ceremonial settings, in um, entertainment settings, in um, doctor's office settings. There is a lot of uh, reason that we speak to these words set and setting. You know, the environment that these things are are utilized in and the way that they are set up really determines the journey that you may or may not have. So in all of that, I wanna go back to this idea of tools versus toys. Because of this idea of this higher consciousness, these tools that can access the depth of your psyche, they can be mishandled. If you are not prepared for this work, you can really play with fire and potentially get very burnt. If you've heard of this idea of a bad trip, there is such a when it comes to these things, I believe that the truest and most powerful way to experience plant medicine, psychedelics, is through surrender. You have to surrender and open up to let the medicine in if you want it to work with you and for you. And I don't actually believe in this idea of bad trip. I just believe that if you are using these molecules and you're not in a safe container and you're not prepared, you can really lose your mind. Um, but so many of these tools are teacher plants and they take you exactly where you need to go, which in some case might be really dark places. And then if you try and control in that space, you set yourself up for a lot of pain, which could mean a lot more pain than is already being administered. I'm gonna pause and just go back to my story. I'd never done a recreational drug before and except smoke some weed in college, but my life felt stuck, my body felt stuck, and I was offered access to this tool that I didn't even understand anything about. All I know is that it showed up, and as I said, when the medicine calls you, or they say it calls you when you're ready. And so, I heard the call. I had heard the call a year prior, a year and a half. I was on a date with some celebrity chef, and um, he was talking about licking toad medicine. I was like, okay, dude, you're weird. I didn't 
answer the call because it wasn't calling me, but it was brought to my consciousness. And then a year and a half later, when I was going through this point in my life where everything felt stuck and uh, a man that I was dating had asked me after the first time we were intimate, did something happen to you? Kind of led me into a tailspin to like ask myself that question, did something happen? And I didn't know how to access like that memory or if I even could. I just knew that whatever he said really struck me. So I was getting a clonic. The woman that was doing the clonic mentioned this thing called Bufo or 5-MeO-DMT. Again, toad medicine. I had no idea what she was talking about. But she said, you know, the shaman, he's never in town, but here's his number. I got home. I looked at his number on my coffee table. I decided to text him. And he texted right back and said, I just got back from a five-month sabbatical. Are you here this weekend? And at that point, I said yes. And when it comes to like how I operate, if I do do too much research, too much due diligence, I set myself up for failure. I actually like to know less, not dissimilar from like signing a lease before ever teaching a box and flow class. Box and flow was my fitness concept or being given a bib to run a half marathon without ever like formally training. I like to just, I don't recommend this. As I said, I don't recommend anybody doing plant medicine. That's like big like disclaimer. I do not in any way, shape or form recommend plant medicine. This is something that needs to be handled with care. And um, yet I didn't necessarily handle with care. I just felt divinely called. I showed up at Janice Laughlin's old apartment in the Chelsea Hotel to smoke 5-MeO DMT. 5-MeO DMT, DMT is the same molecule your brain secretes before you die. DMT is also found in ayahuasca. 5-MeO, it is um, made from the sap, crystallized sap of the specific Signoran toad. Um, I showed up for this ego death, if you will, this 20 minute psychoactive experience. And what I experienced was just that it was like, I felt lights off, like brain fractals, everything went dark, death, rebirth, emotions. It cleared all my chakras and energy centers. I saw faces and places and people and felt this depth of emotion, both like wailing, crying and grief and like elation and happiness and joy. And because I had no context and it was so fast, none of it made sense. So to explain DMT, like I said, it's a 20 minute psychoactive toad experience. You smoke this crystallized sap, you're, you kind of experience like the depth of this ego death and it sounds extreme, but you smoke it and you die. And then you come back. Uh, in that experience, I really felt like I touched the divine. I felt this incredible existence of just God holding me. And similarly, like I had no idea what was happening. So I like finished <laughs> that experience. It was very mystical. I had been thinking about Joaquin Phoenix for days prior. And when I arrived, the shaman was a spitting image of Joaquin Phoenix. So after, after, you know, I'd been fasting all day, I paid and I walked back down 7th Avenue, picked up some like dairy-free lilac chocolate because like I deserved a treat after death, ordered a, you know, pumpkin tempeh bowl from Wild Ginger in Nolita to be delivered with extra peanut sauce at my apartment because I was starving and proceeded to go home and sit in this like abyss of like what, I knew something really intense had just happened, but I didn't really understand what. Again, I'm going to repeat this. Do not go smoke 5-MeO-DMT. If you want to talk about plant medicine, DM me. You can book a call with me. I do a lot of pre-integration work. Um, if you're looking for access to 
a deeper connection to yourself, to God, to your subconscious. This is beautiful work, but you have to get to know, you have to have some reference, I believe, and education about what you're getting into. So that was my first experience. Um, I've not done 5-MeO-DMT since. Maybe at some point I will. I don't really recommend it in any way, shape, or form unless you've done a lot of work prior. Other substances I've sat with. Um, MDMA is something I work with very closely. MDMA is a synthetic. You probably know of it as Molly or a club drug or the love drug because what it does is it boosts the serotonin and dopamine in your brain so you feel this intensity of love and it's used and being used in stage three trials for PTSD, for um, post-traumatic stress disorder, for assault victims and um, like war veterans because in that boost of this love and happiness, your body and brain then feel safe to remember, to go back into what might have been pretty challenging memories. So when I experienced MDMA for the first time, I'd never done it recreationally. There's something about my heart and my knowing that knew that these molecules were meant to like help me, not hurt me, or they weren't meant to be fun for me. So when I did MDMA, that was the first time that my body surrendered and I was able to start pulling up um, my first violence of conscious trauma of being raped at 17 and left for dead in a shower at a high school park. I should have said trigger warning, trigger warning. Um, I should also explain why I'm wearing a fur coat inside. It's freezing in Texas and I got home and I wanted to talk to you about plant medicine and I didn't take off my coat. Back to the subject at hand. Uh, with this boost of serotonin and dopamine, I was put in a subconscious state, fully surrendered to the medicine. Something greater was working through me. Before I had this repressed memory come up, I saw my face in the mirror for the first time and my soul, God, love, said to me, Olivia, whatever happens tonight, no matter what happens, you are beautiful, you are beautiful, you are beautiful, remember that. And it was almost like the first time I had spoken to myself in so much love, in any love because I'd lived in so much hate for myself, hate for my body, um, sort of the scars of trauma. And this memory came up and out. And obviously it was in shock and denial, and I'm not gonna go into that in this episode, but it was through the MDMA and the surrender and this dopamine surge and the serotonin and this elation that I felt safe to revisit that memory. So MDMA is a really beautiful tool to tap into the depth of the softness and love of your heart to feel safe to go into challenging spaces in your life. It's also a tool that I've used in my past relationship as um, a tool for couples therapy with my former partner to feel this intensity and ecstatic emotion of love and trust and without filter. So it's used in couples therapy because both parties tend to feel safe and feel loved to to share openly. It's also sometimes poorly used because it can elicit and emote such strong feelings that if you're playing with these things, like beginning early of the day game date and you are using this with someone that you're not super serious with, you can feel a surge of love for um, someone that you know might not be the right thing. So handle with care. Do not go and buy MDMA and do it with someone you met on Tinder two weeks ago. No. Um, but in terms of feeling the safety of the love of your heart, 
of the expansiveness of the love you're capable of. MDMA is a beautiful tool and I, I highly suggest if someone's getting into this work, and again, I would love to work with you if you're curious, um, MDMA is a really safe, beautiful way to start. Psilocybin, oof. Super Mario said, trust the fungi for good reason. Mushrooms to me are the most profound medicine there is. There are so many hundreds and hundreds of different strains of mushrooms. They are grown from the earth. And these magical things are teacher plants. Depending on the strain and dose and the intention, they will take you where you need to go and lead you right back home. A word that I just used, intention, super important. Any of these things. Even if you're microdosing, which is another way to use these. Um, microdosing is, is being used, microdose of psilocybin specifically, as low-dose, almost antidepressant daily. Beautiful way to come into your body and to feel connected to the earth. Even with that, microdose, macrodose, whatever you're doing, DMT, psilocybin, MDMA, ayahuasca, intention. Because these plants have consciousness of their own, I find it's really valuable to set your intention of why you are using this, what you are seeking, asking Mother Earth to hold you in this as you receive the offering that she grew, asking God or spirit or source, whatever you believe in to guide you um, with a specific intention. Ask for what you want. When it comes to psilocybin, there's multiple different strains. I think the art of growing mushrooms is profound. Anybody that does that work is a farmer of sorts. I have my favorite strains, of course. I've used a bunch. I've done all different doses, macro doses, micro doses. Um, and I always go back to this knowing that the medicine takes you where you need to go. So I've done micro doses and it's taken me to the moon. I've done macro doses and the medicine has been like, you don't need us and taken me no. I trust the consciousness of psilocybin. When psilocybin is dosed properly, when the set and setting is correct when the student is ready the teacher appears when i say that i mean mushrooms they just take you where you need to go i've had the most profound understanding felt the most connected to myself and my body to the extent where the medicine has told me like what i should be eating eat the eggs and the bacon olivia like it's okay when the medicine has told me that you know certain people in my life weren't safe when the medicine has told me that uh reminded me of in, incredibly horrifying sexual assaults beyond the one that I mentioned previously, um, has led me into understanding habits and patterns from my past, has opened up my mind to the potential of my future, has shown me ways to get deeper into my consciousness, into my heart body, to heal relationships. When psilocybin is dosed properly, it can also take you out of your ego and your conscious thinking mind. In that space, there are no guardrails. What do I mean by like, there's no bumpers on the bowling alley. So MDMA, it doesn't take you all the way out. You're still conscious. You're still and can be dancing with your ego. When you're using psilocybin, when it's dosed properly, when you're in a safe setting, you can take yourself into the ether of sorts. It can be a wild rocket ship ride. Um, and I believe the mushrooms will take you exactly where you need to go if you're willing to surrender. So psilocybin, MDMA, 5-MeO-DMT. Uh, I've never used ketamine. I can't speak to it. It is being used widely. It is legalized in many states to be used in um, medicinal settings, meaning 
pharmaceutical settings, doctors, offices. It's a dissociative, so it takes you out of your body. It is synthetic, so it's made in a lab. None of these things are bad, um, but it is very widely used as a healing tool to sort of lay a fresh layer of powder, a fresh snow on your So rewriting the story, if you whole new set of the people that I know that have used it, love it, subscribe to it. I have lots of places that I could recommend. Nushama in New York City, um, particularly doctors that I know that use it. Ketamine therapists that are beautiful and wonderful. Find me if you're interested in more resources. I can't speak to personal experience on that. I can, however, speak to ayahuasca. Ayahuasca, go to the jungle, go to Peru, go to Costa Rica, drink this special brew. Don't do that unless you are very knowing of what you're doing, where you're going, that it's safe. I also think that it's so powerful, the consciousness of ayahuasca, that it needs to be done once you have prepared for that because it is a jump into a very deep, it is so strong. And the ripples after are even stronger. Grandma, grandmother Aya is so beautiful when I ingested her for the first time. My first experience, she wasn't coming on. And then I started seeing dark and light. And in that journey, I experienced and sat with the reflection of myself because I emerges with your subconscious. She becomes you. And in a way, she shows you everything that you, you cannot see or access. And so what she was showing me coming in and out and there was like dark and light and warmth and cold was my affinity of holding love. So she was doing the same dance, withholding love, leaning in, leaning out, leaning in, leaning out, which left me wondering like, am I unlovable? Deep core wound of me feeling unlovable. And that was confused because it really wasn't that. It was me sitting with this idea that I was so afraid to open myself up to love because once you open up to it, you can lose it. So if you never open up to love, if you never open up to giving the expansiveness of your heart and your love, you can't lose it. So for me in my past, I've withheld it because if I don't show all my cards and I can never get really hurt. So in that journey, I sat with it and it was hard to see. It was hard to see the depth of my shadow, the darkness I was carrying, the extremity to which I was hiding my heart. And it was so real, it was so tangible. And once I sort of overcame that, she became very playful and very sexual. And her message to me was like, start playing. And there were like gestures having sex. It was very extreme and all sorts of different imagery and noises and fun and almost like nudging me, like start playing Olivia, start playing. And the time that I did this journey, I was uprooting a lot of sexual trauma. So for me, sex wasn't fun, it was scary. It was, um, I don't wanna say shameful, but carried a lot of weight to it because I had never felt really truly safe in my body. And when I first visited ayahuasca, I was in a relationship and, and just about to move in with my now ex-boyfriend and I didn't understand the depth of wounding I was carrying around sex and how unsafe it felt and then how unsafe it felt to live with a man. So this sort of reminder, just like, just start playing, stop taking everything so seriously. I didn't fully understand because I was, but after that journey, I was getting home and I saw my reflection in the mirror again and the voice came to me and, and she said, it was always you. To me, it was like, 
You are the love that you seek. It's always, you always knew. As opposed to always seeking for a love out. Everything you need is inside. It's just urging you to remember. When you enter into the world of ayahuasca, there is a very strong protocol before called a dieta. For anywhere from 10 days to two weeks where you eliminate like salt, sugar, alcohol, sex, violent television, anything spicy, red meat, anything heavy in your digestive system, you, you want to like clear out because you want the medicine to be able to like really merge with a clean vessel. And I also mentioned like violent television or alcohol, etc. Everything that you do is part of your diet. Everything you consume, what you watch, who you spend time with, what you eat, what you drink, what you think about. And so you want to have a clear subconscious when you the grandma, um, which wasn't all that hard for me to clean out all of these things. I also feel like really light and wonderful. And, and then after you start to integrate it back in after the journey, um, after the journey was harder than the journey for me because all the darkness you pull up that's now conscious for you, it's almost like your shadow, these dark sides of you that we like stuff in the closet and don't want anybody to notice or know about. Like our coping mechanisms, our, our bad habits, our bad behaviors, our bad attitudes sort of come out to rear their ugly head and everything comes out on the table. So I remember in the time after my journey, I jumped back in too quickly to society. So there's some value in like going to the jungle or doing this away so that you don't merge back in with your day-to-day -day right away because you're not. So when I say I jumped back in right away, I, I drank coffee the next morning, caffeine. It, it put me in this anxiety tailspin. And so I went to run and box and try to get this energy out of my body. And then my ex-boyfriend's mom was visiting for the first time that next night. And I went to dinner and I, I drank a beer and um, it just, it made me sick and it made me angry and it made me mean. And uh, it was too soon to re-engage in society after such a profound journey. So all of these medicines I'm speaking to, I believe they have to begin with intention and end with integration. Two really important words. It's really not about the or the medicine. It's about how you integrate what you've learned on the journey into your daily life. It's the in-between. It's how you get up the next day, the next day after that. It's how you choose to speak to yourself, how you choose to feed your body, move your body, who you relate to, spend time with um, now that you have this new consciousness, now that you've tasted like the juice of the gods, now you've that you've connected this different consciousness of Mother Earth and Father Sky. And when you do these medicines, I believe you create a, a greater relationship with nature around you. Magic that is life, that is nature, that is um, the food that we grow, that we, the ground that holds us. Opens your eyes to this magic that exists around you. So intention is important. And then integration, because when you dance with these Mm, the word that comes is demons because it opens up a lot of the demonic in you. But then you dance with like the universe in this way, this beautiful commingling. You don't ever see life through the same life. But if you take that for granted and you just jump back into your day to day and don't integrate what you've learned, you sort of bypass the entire uh, the journey of quest, of the trek, of the dance with the divine. That's a better. So. Ayahuasca is the uh, brew, this juice from a special bark of a tree and a leaf, all natural. And it's brewed to create this tea that you drink that sort of tastes like molasses. 
People talk about how disgusting it is. I don't think it's disgusting. It's strong, it's potent, and it serves you if you surrender. And once you do, it will take you on a, a journey into yourself as beautiful and divine and gorgeous. And if you have an intention, it will take you wherever it intends to. And if you integrate the lessons after and continue taking this knowledge and this lesson and the story with you through your life, you change, you grow, it's beautiful. I've done ayahuasca twice. The second time, it took me like into Africa, into the jungles, and it would take me through this vignette, and then it would bring me back to the jungle floor, to this like death and rebirth again, through these stories, through these chapters of my life, through a lot of pain, and also beautiful pleasure, to the extent that I really um, aligned with this idea of So when I moved into my apartment, I, I built my own jungle, a place for me to heal and to be held by mother nature in this beautiful setting. Um, butterflies and tigers and lions and bears, feeling so one with them. And still, ayahuasca, if it is not held in a safe container for me, again, I reintegrated too quickly. I had someone pick me up and take me home and try and be back into natural life. But your subconscious is so wild. You're so susceptible that I believe you have to really isolate after you do one of these. Um, you don't do it in your backyard with friends. Do it in a safe space with a safe guide. If you're interested in this work, please contact me. I have resources, space. I believe in the reverence that is this medicine, but it needs to be held in rinse. And it also can really unlock not only your true potential, but your true capacity, which I believe we come into our capacity once we understand what's blocking us from that. So what this medicine does, all of these substances in their different unique divine way is I believe it takes us into our darkness so we can reclaim our in many different iterations. And sometimes it just shows us love. I've had journeys where I just wanted to get up. And I've had journeys where I felt like I was dying because the pain of the memory of the feeling was so horrifying that I couldn't move my body. Or memories where all I did in a session was shake for five hours because our bodies carry, our bodies keep the source. So had journeys where all I did was sweat and shake memories out of my fascia, my muscles. It was fascinating. I had journeys, I've had journeys with psilocybin where it's very common that we escape to our mind because if we out, try and outthink ourselves, we protect our, ourselves by living in our mind instead of trusting the deep knowledge of our body. And in this journey, it wouldn't let me access my mind. It just said, stay here. So I just shook and shook and sweat and shook all of the, the memory out of my tissue. And integrating that was fascinating and so healing. And it allowed me to come back home into the vessel that carries me. Um, plant medicine is a tool, a tool to access the, a deeper sense of self, a deeper connection to the universe, to mother nature, to God, to divinity. Um, today I've spoken about psilocybin, MDMA, 5-MeO-DMT, ketamine, and ayahuasca. Um, I believe in, in the magic of all of them and I also know that if they are not handled with care, they can be very dangerous. A million stories, way too many traumas to share, to count. And yet it is through this work that I find facing my dark. It isn't, and it wasn't the medicine that helped me. Uh, I saved my own life and the medicine helped me access um, that which was blocking me from being. I'm gonna leave you with that. And this gnosis of learning yourself to love yourself. Because in the end, divinity, God, spirit, universe, mother earth, we are all one, we are all. So what this work does is it 
it accesses what potentially could be blocking you. From, but it isn't the medicine, it's you. It's the integration, it's the everyday. It's the showing up um, for what might be painful and scary and deciding to keep going. So I hope this was helpful. You can find me at liveyoung.co. You can find me on Instagram at liveyoung. I'm happy to answer questions. Please rate, review, subscribe, leave a review, watch on YouTube, listen on Spotify, iTunes. Um, all my love for you to you.